This podcast is brought to you by CEW at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan Center for the Education of Women Plus in this new podcast, Strength in the Midst of the Pandemic. call today to share your experiences related to COVID and all that's going on in the world. The purpose of this project is to capture stories of how the coronavirus has impacted our lives, including challenges, moments of pride, and strengths for others to learn from. The main audience for this podcast will be students who have child or elder care responsibilities so that they can hear stories of others to assist as they navigate self-care and the care of loved ones. Could you please introduce yourself and then describe your old normal and how that has shifted as a result of COVID-19? So my name is Rhonda Lee. I'm a registered nurse with Michigan Visiting Nurses, preceptor and a student educator. I graduated from Oakland with a degree in applied science. I'm also a ballroom enthusiast and instructor, along with my wife. And since the change... Basically, everything was normal. Um, I see patients in the home, and things have changed in the way we do that process, the way we're seeing patients in the home. We wear a mask for everyone. We're actually seeing COVID-19 patients. I'm a bottom enthusiast, so I don't dance anymore. I, Of course, I live with my partner, so yes, we can dance at home, but I can't dance with, <laughs> with others. So that's kind of been a change that we've had as well. Yeah, how have your thoughts or concerns changed as a result of COVID and now serving people in their homes that are now impacted by it? Well, basically, um, when when we go into the home, we have a whole process where we have to put on this gown and all this is done at the car. So imagine when this first started in March, because I'm in Michigan, and it's windy and this and that, and you're trying to put on this yellow gown and gloves and this mask and... <laughs> just too much you know and then you go into the home and most of the patients are wearing masks now their family members and stuff like that and then when I get home things have really changed because I have to do a whole decontam process which I used to do anyway like I take my uniform off at the door or whatever but now it's like take the uniform off at the door put it in hot water to wash it clean off all my stuff with disinfectant I have moved out of the marital bedroom because, you know, people don't have symptoms. So I don't want to have contracted anything and then give it to my wife because she gives it to her mother. So I don't sleep in the marital bedroom anymore. And I actually wear a mask when I'm home, uh, just like a paper mask when I'm home, just 24-7, you know, until I go into my room. But anytime I'm around my wife, my family, I I wear a mask. That's, That's a big change. I know uh, I've heard many people are most concerned when we all go back into the workforce. Um, you know, most of U of M is working from home, except for essential employees like yourself. But I hear a lot of concern about I'm um, having to wear a mask all day at work as a result of COVID. Like, what are the strategies that you use to get accustomed to that process? It wasn't too much of a change for me because I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I don't get the flu shot. So being that I'm part of the nursing in Michigan is, is unionized and we don't have to wear a mask. We just have to sign a waiver. We don't have to get our shot. We just have to wear, get a waiver. 
So we have to wear a mask every year. And it, oh, I do because I don't get the shot. I have to wear a mask all the time anyway. The big change is wearing the N95. It's very taxing and it's just having to do it over and over, having to do it wearing the N95 probably since early March. You've just gotten used to it. I mean, you just have to wear it and stay consistent. Of course, my face is all marked up at the end of the end of the day and bruised and stuff. I have some permanent marks probably on my face. So I put cocoa butter on every night. But yeah, it was, it was just, you know, staying consistent with it. And I just kind of got used to it. You know, paper mask, not so bad, but that N95 is a killer. So it sounds like you've been able to treat patients with COVID as well as other patients, keep yourself and your wife safe at the same point as feeling like things haven't shifted that much. That's pretty remarkable. What do you think has been your way of kind of adapting to the changing environment around us? I'd have to imagine when you go into people's homes that there's a different feel to it than it was when you were a traveling nurse before COVID. For sure. People don't have... I used to go see people, and when I would open a case, all the family members would be there. <laughs> like every, everybody that cared about their loved one would be there, you know. And, of course, traffic in the home is a lot less now, which is great for me. When I see a lot of traffic in the home, it kind of scares them. I don't think people should be out visiting, you know. So definitely a lot less less traffic in the home. And people wearing masks in the home, usually they, you know, I would wear a mask to protect myself from them, but they weren't wearing masks. And nowadays, they're wearing masks to protect themselves from me as well. So that's been a big change. And just all the, the gear that we have to put on, the, the foot gear to cover up our shoes and, you know, um, the gown, you know, to cover ourselves up. It's getting warmer now. And let me tell you, it's pretty hot, <laughs> you know. So I, I actually wear less clothing. I wear lighter clothing because I know that I have to put all this gear on, and it's it's pretty hot. And I'm in my 50s, so I get have my personal summers anyway. Nevertheless, having all this gear on oh, in yeah. the home, and now we're getting in the 90 degrees, which that's that's going to be right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not helpful. <laughs> Not helpful at all. Nope. Right, right. You know, it sounds like you're handling everything really well. Like uh, you seem much less stressed than people who aren't on the front lines. Like, how are you thinking about this in this situation to stay so calm and centered? Let me start out by saying I've been a nurse over 30 years, so I've been through Zika, HIV, H1N1, SARS. This is just another one. So I would say when I was a younger nurse, I used to get more neurotic about it. And now it's just, this is my job. This is what I get paid to do. I tell people, and my wife, I told her this as well, you know, police go toward the bullet. Firemen go toward the fire. Nurses and medical staff go toward the disease. I know that this is part of my job. This is what I signed up for, you know. Just because, you know, oh, we have high blood pressure, this and that, whatever, whatever. When something becomes a pandemic, this is what you signed up for. So that's what I think in my head. When I go to work every day, I think in my head, this is what I signed up for. Now, I don't have a death wish, but should, should I die catching something, you know, doing what I have been brought up to do? I mean, I've 
wanted to be a nurse ever since I was in kindergarten. Other people have other, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. It changed. Mine never changed. My parents said it never changed. I've always wanted to be a nurse. So I think that's what keeps me calm, just knowing that I also am very spiritual. So I feel like a higher power is protecting me. And I just go out and do what I have to do. I mean, no one benefits from the medical staff treating them like they have the worst plague in the world and you're going to kill me. You know, when I go in, I treat them like every other person. I treat them just like they're a hypertension patient, except I have to, you know, wear all this gear, but I don't try to run in and run out. You know, I sit and talk with them just like I do anything else. I think that's what keeps me the comments is I've been doing this a long time. I've been through a lot of things. Remember the flesh eating disease? They were, oh, nobody knew what was going on. And we're kind of the front lines because people come down with these things in the home just like they go to the hospital for them, you know, but who sends them to the hospital? Like, how do you know, you know, that they have this all these symptoms? Usually it's the home care nurse that notices something different. So we're the front line in the front line. You know, we're the first ones to see it and say, hey, you know, this is going on. You might want to go and get checked out. Um, we have had some COVID patients that I've tested that were just tested positive in the home. And then they went to the hospital or I've tested them positive in the home and they weren't that bad. They had to go to the hospital, but they just tested positive with me testing them at home. Yeah. So now you've been in this a long time, 30 years, you said, what does success look like in your position? So when do you go home and you think I really did a great job and I'm really proud of what I accomplished? Every day, <laughs> every day I go home and I, I feel like, I have made a success of my day. Every every time I I see somebody, I feel like I'm making a change. And that's why I went into nursing, because I wanted to make a change in people's lives and feel like, you know, I'm making them better. If somebody has a, a... I actually do have a client that had a bed sore, and this was due to the COVID and some situations that he had. And after he got sent home he had you know a really bad bed sore and it's getting a lot better and due to my teaching and my treatment that he's getting better and that's that's a success story for me you know just caring for for people you know when they get out and seeing them progress with the breathing some people are getting out on oxygen and then that you know they can go less time less time without the oxygen so that's that's a good part I would say every, every day I come home, I feel like I've made a change. Yeah, that's got to be pretty remarkable, having that sense of accomplishment every day. I mean, I know there are a lot of us who are not frontliners, who are people who work in offices, you know, and we all do different things, but just want to show gratitude to people who are doing the work of caring for others in this period, which we should do more often. But what are ways that people can say thank you or just demonstrate their appreciation that would feel meaningful to you? These days, I've seen a lot on social media and, you know, like different restaurants giving things out and this and that. But really, as of lately, the way people can thank us is to social distance, wear your mask, stop congregating, doing what they need to do. That's a thank you to me because then that makes that makes the stress less on us. That makes the amount of patience we have less, you know. When you see people, when you're doing your job and you're working your hardest to keep this pandemic down and, and keep people alive 
and then you have people out there just congregating and not wearing a mask and doing whatever they do. That's kind of like a slap in the face to to um, the medical community, which is the opposite of giving us a hand, you know. Oh, I get that. Yeah, so don't put a sign up. Instead, put on your mask and stay socially distanced. Right. <laughs> we appreciate our, yeah, show it by not wearing your, you know, by wearing your, your mask and only going out when you need to go out. I mean, I've been going out, you know, um, when I work on the weekend. You would think it would be really, really light traffic, but it's starting to be more and more. I think people are just saying, oh, this is us now, and so I'm just going to go out anyway, not realizing that we do still have a stay-at-home order. Sure. Yeah. What has been your greatest challenge, um, you know, since the stay in home, at home order has been put in place? I would say one of the greatest challenges is not just the the state, but the the unknown of the COVID disease. Like the the disease process is so much we're learning every day. You see something different, and one of the greatest challenges for me is not being able to kiss, hold, or sleep in the same bed with my life partner. That has been the, the greatest challenge for me. Mm-hmm. How often do you get to get tested um, to know if you have it or not? Essentially, if you don't have any symptoms, you'll never be tested. So they, I, which I was thinking, hmm, they should probably test us periodically, but they do not. I did get tested last week. I was feeling very weak and having like some numbness in my tongue and my fingers and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I had a little low grade fever. So I got tested last week. Turnaround is at U of M is about twenty four hours. And I tested negative. I haven't had two good days in a row. Actually today is a good day. I'm gonna see tomorrow is a good day and then I'll probably return to work. But you you only get tested. One will only get tested if they if they have symptoms, and there's, there is a criteria for that. I don't have a list of what the criteria is, but as an employee, you call employee health, and then they go through the criteria. I would think that just being a nurse that works with COVID patients is criteria enough, but apparently it's not, and they have a whole list of things. So if you qualify, then you, you get a test. Does there continue to be a shortage? Is that why they're limiting I don't know, like for Michigan visiting nurses, we don't have a shortage. I'm one of the testers. We don't have a shortage. We have all the tests that we need. I just feel like because they don't know a lot about this disease, I think they feel like, oh, well, you know, we don't need to be tested unless we have symptoms. Things have been changing every day because two months ago, I was wearing a mask. A couple other nurses were wearing masks because it was flu season. That's the only reason. They told everyone else, you don't need to wear a mask. No big deal. Unless you have symptoms, you don't need to wear a mask. Now, everyone needs to wear a mask, Mm -hmm. even non-medical staff. So, I mean, things continue to change. Yeah. What are you most proud of as having been able to navigate in this whole situation? I would say just being able to use, if, if you will, use my powers for good. I think that, you know, in this time, not only have I been able to help my patients, but I've actually become the family go-to professional. That That's kind of rewarding to me. I, I think that my mother and father, who weren't very educated, are just up in heaven, you know, 
helping your chest around <laughs> because I'm able to, you know, be that family coach. So I've helped a couple of family members that were in nursing homes. No one could see them, but they did allow me in in the very beginning because I was a nurse, but now they're not letting anyone in. Um, but just being able to help my patients and, and help my family in general is a, a very proud moment for me. And being able to stay professional in such unprecedented times, you know, treating people like people and not, you know, like a disease, you know, it makes me proud that I'm able to go in and not be that young nurse anymore looking fearful and scared, you know, I go in and treat them like they're somebody, not necessarily a plague. I've been trying to end each podcast on kind of a lighter note. Many of us staying at home and seemingly more stressed than you are, which is amazing since you're on the front line. A lot of us have been binge watching TV shows and movies, podcasts, YouTube videos, or other content, you know, cooking, baking bread when we've never done it before. Do you have any recommendations for something for people to consume in this time of uh, COVID? What I've been doing to kind of reduce my or keep me more relaxed is I've been doing like Zoom things with friends, you know, maybe on a Friday, Saturday night. It has a thing called Netflix Party where you can watch with people. Actually, they have a thing called Senior that's connected to Netflix. And it's kind of like Zoom, except there's a movie in the middle. So you can kind of watch a movie with friends or whatever. I do a lot of eating, which is, you know, my guilty foods. And I've been watching probably less news. You know, I'll probably watch it in the morning and and that's about it. Um, I sent out Easter cards, kind of doing some snail mail things, you know. I've been watching some older movies. I would suggest to anyone to watch Shallow How and I Feel Pretty, uh, which really resonate with me. I have struggled with some security issues, and those are two really good movies that both are about seeing one's inner beauty. Really good movies. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely check those out. What prompted you to sign up to be a part of this podcast? Because I feel like I have a story to tell being in home care, because when people think of front lines, they think of people in the hospital. But who takes care of those people when they go home? Or who takes care of the people that are not that are sick enough to be home but not sick enough to be in the hospital? That would be us. People don't think about home care. You know, and I was like, I, you know, I want to share my story. And I'm doing a lot of changes in my my home. We have to, we don't have the, in the hospital, those nurses have scrubs and they have showers. And, you know, so they can shower and put on these scrubs and they can shower and put back on their clothes. No, when I come home, I have to go in the garage, take all my clothes off and decontam and then go take a shower and everything else before I can address my family. And, I, you know, I wanted somebody to hear that aspect of the front lines. The front lines is not always what one thinks it is. Mm-hmm. That's you know, great, and yeah. Memorial Day, I'm doing what Whitmore said. I'm off today. I'm staying home. <laughs> so I wasn't doing anything. Uh-huh. I <laughs> appreciate know? that. Yeah, yeah. It's fun <laughs> chatting with you. I'm going to ask you at the end if you have a favorite quote or inspirational message. Before I do that, I you know, a lot of the people I've been interviewing are students, and they're not frontliners. Is there anything you wanted to share that I didn't cover as a part of the interview so far? The main thing I want to get out is please do what you're being asked to do for the everyday person, you know. Do what you're being asked to do, and hopefully we can all, you know, get back to our regular lives. 
Yeah, that'd be great for all of us. Do you have a favorite quote or a you know final message you'd like to leave the podcast with? Necessarily a quote, but it's something that I noticed. Another thing that I didn't mention during the interview is that what we're doing now, everybody is kind of coming together, and, and I think the families are getting closer because of no one can go anywhere, so people are kind of doing the Zoom thing. I've noticed that families are being closer. I'm driving down the street, and I'm seeing parents teaching their kids how to ride bikes again, this and that. When this pandemic is over, let's not stop that. Let's keep the togetherness. Let's not be so busy. So we're working or we're doing this, we're doing that. Well, no one has this or that. Most people are working from home, and there's no, no other activity. So now they're getting closer as a family. Let's keep that up. Let's keep that togetherness up. Mm-hmm. Good message. Yeah, we've become such a busy society where kids are now teaching themselves and we're relying on the school so much that right. what happened to mm-hmm. what happened yeah. to parents taking over a lot of that responsibility. So that's a great right. message. Right, the parents are getting mad. <laughs> right, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know what to do anymore. Home, you know, <laughs> right, right. But I, I would say for myself today, but I haven't talked to my niece and my sister as much since this pandemic. I mean, I've gotten closer with my sister, my niece, my aunt, my cousins. Like, it, it seems like every, like we're having a game night every Friday night, like with a different group of people. Fam- families are getting closer, and I see people are reading more. I mean, they're playing. I see people on social media. Their families are making, putting puzzles together. I mean, let's not stop that. This, this is a good thing. You know, it's kind of bringing us back to the old days and I, I think that even after this is over we sh- we should keep that in the back of our head not to be so busy that you don't have time for your family yeah completely agree and I'm going to heed your advice because yeah we're part of the group that's suddenly puzzling playing board games every Friday more than every right. Friday almost every night after dinner we're making ice cream and making <laughs> cakes together it's like when are we ever going to have this opportunity again but really every day is an opportunity to do this right right you know you just have to make time which we as human beings all over the world have not been able to do you know just we're always got something else going on with uh, me and my wife we were dancing and working dancing and working that's all we did we didn't do anything else now it's like hmm, there's no dance so <laughs> you know she's working from home and you know I go out into the field and you know when I come home so on Friday usually Friday Saturday nights we are either you know watching a movie in a group or we are playing some kind of zoom game or something like that zoom has jeopardy and I don't know, Family Feud or something on it or whatever. And, you know, we're doing that with the group. We have, you know, we have different groups of friends or different family members or whatever that we're, and we're like talking about old times. It's like a family reunion. We're loving it. We just have to keep that in the back of our head and, you know, go back to that. Yeah, well, Rhonda, mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of your time. I am so thankful that you signed up to be a part of this project and that you gave, you know, this time to me to talk to you. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of the Pandemic. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW, please visit cew.umich.edu. 
Here at CEW Plus, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women in all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Adawa, and Potawatomi.